Welcome, travelers. I'm Josh. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lee Wanika. This is Tabletop Journeys, where we will be your humble guides along the journey to RPG adventures. Role-playing inspiration can come from anywhere, and we use our side quest to explore TV shows, movies, books, and other RPGs that influence our playstyle and storytelling. Whether we draw from intriguing plot points, amazing characters, or, well, you know, just kind of geek out about it, it should be a fun trip, and we're glad you came along for the ride. from today's sponsor. Yar, Captain here. Fun Time with Mr. Dave is a fun and funny family show that encourages curiosity and imaginative play with catchy original music and storytelling. Come and sing and play with Arnold the Slug, Harold the Librarian, Eldoon the Alien, and many more of Mr. Dave's friends in the town of Magical Forest every week on YouTube. Just search Mr. Dave with an exclamation mark and look for the blue shirt and pink bow tie. You can also find Fun Time with Mr. Dave on Facebook and Instagram at slash Dave the Entertainer. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody, to this side quest. Today, we're going to be talking about the next big adventure module that Wizards of the Coast has announced. We're going to be getting into expectations, our wants, and our thoughts about the new Candlekeep Mysteries book that's been announced to come out uh, in March. Lee Wanico, why don't you go ahead and start? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, hi, guys. Welcome to the side quest. I did want to say, at Tabletop Journeys, we're all homebrew aficionados. We love the homebrew. We love source material, but we like our spin on source material. So generally speaking, when prepackaged modules come out, we're not big fans of that. or we, we It's not our bread and butter. Uh, that said, we love source material. So if you put a lot of things in one book, depending on how that's delivered, depending on how well it's put together, we're going to get a lot out of that and we're going to be able to do some things with it. And that's kind of where we, where I am with this. I am looking at this, hoping that I will be able to have and take the opportunity to fill our very large worlds with additional ways to do suspense, additional ways to do intrigue and mystery and using those tools create drama. We want to use this book as part of that process. And we're hoping that we're able to kind of, we're able to do that. We're hoping they're written in a way that allows us to do that. Glenn, your thoughts? So for overall, I'm going to be straight up honest right from the beginning. I heard Candle Keep Mysteries, an anthology of individual adventures, and I was a little bit let down because they kind of built it up. But that's just because, not because I don't think Candle Keep is a worthy topic. I was just expecting something more epic as a first title of the year. It definitely fills a need because you can't have every book be a giant long campaign book. You can't have every source material that you set up to give somebody a prepackaged game be this giant long content. So these small individuals for us game masters out there that are running our own, but man, we really haven't had time to come up with the next major point of our plot. 
being able to pick up a ready to go adventure on the same level, learn it and drop it into your game. I think that's, that that can be a, a crucial need that needs to be filled. So it's, it's definitely going to be a useful book. And I'm excited about the mystery concept too, you know, because they're straight up saying every one of them is designed as a mystery. So there's got to be some intriguing plot in there. That's actually kind of what I, when I was reading about what kind of the nature of the book seems like it's going to be, that was actually my my big question is how are they going to take uh, a, a structure like the fortification of Candlekeep and write 17 different mysteries about that structure? Um, and And I think that, calling it the Candlekeep Mysteries is probably a catchy title, but that the mysteries probably aren't all going to take place in Candlekeep. It's going to be a lot of uh, of situations where certain of the avowed monks of Candlekeep are going to send your party to this part of Faerun to find a specific artifact or to battle a specific enemy that they have pieced together one of the prophecies to realize like, ah, this must be who Aladro was talking about, right? Uh, so I suspect that that's what it's going to be. And I, I, I'm not sure that a lot of the content is going to take place within the bounds of the Candlekeep itself. So I did a few, some deep dives, and a lot of this is supposition and research with other content creators, both on YouTube and the podcast realm and, and just online through various uh, Facebook groups. So none of this is official, but my understanding is of the 17, only two will actually take place in the library itself. But most of them take place somewhere in the city that is Candlekeep or something like that. Okay. So, uh, but that said, I think you're right. I think a lot of it is Candlekeep as backdrop versus uh, focus. Yep. Um, and that's perfectly okay. I think you title something for the backdrop if the backdrop is dynamic. Sure. Uh, and, and I think that could work very well and allows for the adventures, the modules to Glenn's point to be dropped in anywhere. Yep. Look, in my homebrew world, I have a huge library in the big capital city of one of my kingdoms uh one of my player characters who can't play anymore uh his character has gone there and has effectively become an npc for the ongoing campaign residing in that library so i think that this has direct applications to what i can do in my homebrew game um in that i can have some of these things or i can take some of these motifs so uh that that are going to be described uh, and, and utilize those. I like that concept. But most importantly, I am rubbish at writing mysteries. Just <laughs> rubbish. It could be. It could be a challenge. That's part of the reason I'm excited about it too. Is yep. the plot ideas. Yep. Yeah, I'm just rubbish at it, and I want to get better at it because I love playing in mystery games. Yep. So if there's something I really like doing. I want to be good at creating it so I can give that same experience to my players. So if I have to do that, if I have to crawl before I walk by taking the one of appropriate level and putting it into my game, I'll adapt some NPCs. I'll change the names to protect the innocent, all of that good stuff. But I still have the ability to utilize a pre-made mystery in some fashion or the elements of that mystery. I will probably do that because that's going to help me get better at a thing that I want to get better at. And honestly, mystery D&D is probably the hardest thing to find yep. it, on the interwebs. <laughs> like, 
you just don't come across it. I think every content creator has had some side conversation or comment about it, but we all say it's challenging. And a few folks guy at how to be a great GM did something on it years, uh, a year or so ago on YouTube. But uh, it was one of those things where there just aren't a ton of resources for how to do that. Because they're hard to run too. Like it's like that's running a mystery from a GM point of view is really, really difficult. And we can do an entire episode about that. So we're not going to dive too yeah. far into that right now. The other thing I'm going to totally shift gears here for a second. The other thing that I am really excited about in this book is finally we are getting a campaign module that has content for levels 10 and beyond. This the the level spread of the Candlekeep Mysteries is going to be level 1 to 16, 17 mysteries, probably one per level. That sounds awesome. I mean that this is now a book that you can probably run through in its entirety step by step, which sounds really interesting. But just the fact that Wizards of the Coast is putting out official content for levels 10 and beyond from a narrative adventure structure point of view that's incredible that's a huge thing that was honestly my biggest ask when i heard that this book was coming out was man i hope that there is content for level for beyond level 10 and there is the way they chose to structure it is really cool too in terms of being able to because you mentioned you know running it one right after the other sure you could run it as a campaign book but the concept because you were talking about you know you can't picture it keeping them all there the the way that they're tying it together and the reason they're calling it candle mysteries if you don't choose to use it as a town is the coolest thing is that all of them come from a book inside the library of candle keep so you could pick that book up and drop it anywhere in your campaign and have your characters find it. You know, in my notes, I wondered, I actually, one of the things that I wrote down was talking about um, Samuel Tarly in the Game of Thrones books and how you find out at the end, you know, in season eight, which was awful for so many reasons, but season eight, you find out that the Song of Ice and Fire is the book that Samuel Tarly was writing about the quests that were happening that made up the Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. You know, so it had that whole meta angle to it. So that that's really interesting then. So that the mysteries are going to be. So I hadn't heard that, and that's a re, that's really uh, that's really cool. Yeah it, yeah, it is one of the things that I had heard as well in late research and for preparation for this, like last night, I, I kind of yeah. picked up on that. That and is coming out of candle keep mysteries unveiled. Everything we know about the new D and D book right off of D and D beyond. Awesome. Yeah. We'll make sure to go ahead and drop a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a lot here that uh, will potentially be exceptionally beneficial to, to what we're doing as homebrew uh, uh, storytellers. You know, I think it's definitely something that's also, quite honestly, a little more DM-focused. And by focused, I mean, I don't know how many players buy adventure modules. As a player, I never look at modules that I think my DM is going to run. As a storyteller, I buy modules for the purposes of grabbing extra NPCs that I can throw in on the fly because my players are always asked about shopkeeper X or Y and I will forget. So I can grab something out of a book and say, it's Jonas Salk. He's the healer for the town or whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, you know uh, because like I'm uh, similar to being rubbish at, at, uh, at writing mysteries. I'm rubbish at coming up with names on the fly, but you know, it, it's one of these things where modules are going to be very DM focused from a purchasing standpoint. That's why you don't get a lot of the, you get these adventure campaign books uh, only once or twice a year versus player focused campaign settings and, and player options. And we get so very little content in hardcover books because 
obviously there are more players than DMs. And therefore, they in order to sell more books, they need to sell more things that are for players. So understanding that bit of the business end of it is helpful into saying, I think they're probably going to give us really a, a really good run. And I like the concept. We've got very diverse content creators that are teaming up. You mentioned, how do you put all these things together? Well, the answer is no one person is doing it. Each module has a different author. Uh, And then they have a central editing team or who will connect the stories and make sure they have a similar voice or style uh, or or they have some connectivity. But in general, the fact that they're all by different authors is how you do it because you've got a lot of really good content creators out there in the world that all have one or two or three great mysteries. But if you want to put 17 of them together, not very many people have that. (laughs) So this is a beautiful way to package that and bring out new talent to the forefront in official content. So connectivity brings me to a point that I wanted to go ahead and toss out for discussion. Uh, I'm going to look at it in a different way here. I'm going to look at this book in its place in kind of the progression of books that have come out, right? So we just saw new Unearthed Arcana with Ravenloft content. Within the last couple of months, we saw Tasha's Cauldron of Everything with Fae and with Shadow content. Within the last couple of, of years, we've seen books with Xanathar and with Volo and with Elminster, all people who had influence on Candlekeep in some way, shape, or form. So how does this book fit in with all of those? What do we think, what do we expect? How are they going to relate? Like, are we going to see, I don't know, are we going to see uh, like Fae mysteries? Are we going to see Shadowfell mysteries? Are we going to see some sort of uh, some sort of Ravenloft influence on Candlekeep? What, what, what do we think we're going to see? All of the things. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> simply put, all of the things. I, uh, again, as part of my deep dive, I am aware of in at least one of the mysteries, there's going to be some focus on a ghost that operates not necessarily as an antagonist that I don't think that point was clear or not, but uh, within candle keep. So it's like yep. the library has a ghost. The library has a ghost. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure that that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so, sure that that's going to happen because I mean, it's like the, I mean the whole, there's probably going to be like some like name of the rose style labyrinth library bit, you know, where the, you know, the library defends itself, you know, that, that corner, that kind of aspect to it. Candle keep has certain aspects to it already with the whole, uh, the curse that, um, what is it that no one, no one shall step foot and destroy knowledge by, by fire, by force or something. There's some curse on that, right. That kind of thing. So like, yeah, that, that would not surprise me. Yeah, so I think I think you'll have elements like because there's so many diverse creators. I think there's the potential for one of these adventures to be fae-based, one of these right. adventures to be have some Shadowfell element. I really hope that that's what they've done here, because if the concept is we're going to give you a bunch of mysteries so you can see them in your <laughs> campaigns, and we are going to fill in these areas that have not previously been filled in, that would necessitate that. I mean, we've talked uh, at great length about the fact there is no large amount of face stuff. There is no large amount of, of Shadowfell stuff. More specifically, there's no one source for either of those two things. Right. But as we think back, there are five or six, maybe ten creatures in the book, in the Monster Manual. There's two or three character classes or character lineages in, in over the course of all the books. There are now... Uh, at least one or two feats 
that lean heavily into that. And there are multiple subclasses that lean heavily into that. If I were to say, I want to create a Fay book and I took only official content out of every one of the other books and reprinted it, I'd actually get something pretty close to an actual full-size book. Yeah. Yep. So I think what they're doing is they're saying, if I build a a Fay book, I can't sell it. But if I put a little piece of everything in every book, then everybody buys it. (laughs) Everybody has an anchor to this product. And if that they've never stated that's their direction, at least I haven't heard that. Uh, If I put on my Sherlock Holmes hat and I break out my little hour, my uh, looking glass and, and whatnot, I honestly think that that makes sense. I think that makes sense. And so we, we need is more contact content that has the pieces that we're looking for. So I definitely get what you're saying, um, but I really hope that's not what they're doing because to me that just kind of says the way to do it. It's what um, a number of other games have done that I didn't like where instead of giving you a core book that summarizes this major piece of the game, you spread it out across 15 books. So now if I need that, I either have to dig find or they wind up putting out a compendium of where to find which rules and i think that that gets way too cumbersome i think putting it out in pieces is great but i think we still need a fey wild book i think we still need a shadow fell book to solidify it but i love the idea of them continuing to carry those trends of expanding on that content into the candle keep mysteries i'm going to be honest that's not exactly the first thought that came to my mind when they said all the uh, said mysteries but hopefully they did I was thinking more of a bring us back to some core forgotten realms lore that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. Because when's the last time Candle Keep's truly been featured in anything? Yep. I mean, you mentioned big names, Elminster, and I mean, they, everybody's had contact with Candle Londo. Keep. It's a major location. But the last thing I remember it being featured in is Baldur's Gate Baldur's 2, Gate. the video yeah. game. Yep. where you started out from Candlekeep. Started out in you know? Candlekeep. Yep. So I, I kind of see it as a pulling back to our, a, a return to our roots, but hopefully they keep that new content they're spinning out as yep. well. I, I wonder if part of what they're going to be doing in this, because the other thing that hasn't happened a lot in in the, the lore of Candlekeep is the keepers of Candlekeep have not rolled over in a long time and so the fact that they are structuring this for up to level 16 i wonder if part of the part of the uh the thread that runs through all these stories is going to be some sort of a progression for the people who are currently in or running Candlekeep. you know do the heroes that are running these quests get positioned to become the new masters the new the new keeper of the emerald gate or anything like that you know is there some prophecy about um you know the wizard that rises from the east to come over and take over the the library or something like that like i wonder if i wonder if there's gonna be some angle like that to go ahead and work it into to some to some lore aspect as opposed to just kind of having it a, a, a drop in time that would be really cool actually i i love that idea and i think that would be absolutely brilliant Saying that, I absolutely <laughs> do not think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and honestly, even my dream of, and I hope there's at least one that deals with Fey and one that deals with Shadowfell. Even that's on the outer realms of what I've heard. Like I've heard nothing to that effect. Yep. I'm just saying nothing I've heard has said that can't happen. 
Um, so I'm, I have my hopes and aspirations. Um, and I think mine was a stretch. I think yours is a bridge. We're not even going to see in the distance. <laughs> the uh, even though I want to be on that bridge with you. <laughs> hey, that's what this episode is for is for all the things that I hoped candle keep is yeah. going to be right? wishful thinking, man. I mean, I, I said at the front that I thought I was a little disappointed, but I am hopeful in the end. I was disappointed that this is what they led with, but I get it. You want to save your big stuff till, you know, like Christmas, Christmas, end of the year, you know, your big yep. releases. I mean, I'm going to be honest. They just, they just released a contract for Dragonlance. I and wonder. I think that it, yeah. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I was going to. I was going to say it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I hope. You Dragon do it. You do it. Christmas. You do it. Christmas. I hope Dragonlance at Christmas. I hope. Right? Oh, God. Dragonlance at Christmas. But I think Dragonlance affected this whole process. Yeah. I don't think Candlekeep was the original book that they intended to release. I, I think, think part of the delay was the last contracting with with uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. And with that announcement, they didn't want to overshadow a Dragonlance series yeah. with what they intended as their big reveal. Because they kind I felt that they hyped this up with the... They you know, really did, yeah. The, the first book of the year, and it's going to be so amazing, and you'll get your first preview. And I mean, like, they really hyped it up. Yeah. But then everything oh, just kind of went Candlekeep. quiet. <laughs> you know, so I, I think I think the Dragonlance books caused them to read, you know, redistribute how they're rolling things to make it yeah. better fit with the so, content. And I think Dragonlance will come out for Christmas, like right after the first book for the series or something. Well, the, the first book for the Christmas is due out in the summer, though. The first Dragonlance book, I, I believe, is due out uh, this summer. Right. And then I, nice. I think probably a game, probably a game. So. Uh, which could potentially time in with one of their summer releases. So if they release a game product at the same time, that works really well. I just don't know if they had a green light to go on a game in time mm. to get that release ready. Mm. Like, I don't That's know what okay. their lead time from concept to, to finish is. But they can throw out some source material and some adventures right then, even if they're not ready to go with the whole campaign book. Yeah. Josh, you made the point during one of our earlier recordings about are we getting Ravenloft soon? I truly believe we are. The question is when. Personally, I think Ravenloft launches in the fall, so it times out with Halloween. Halloween. Which is, and I think they've got the UA that we just had early, simply now, or, uh, now so they can get the feedback and make the changes, perhaps release a second or a third UA in time to get those things into that Halloween release. So if you've got Ravenloft in the fall, that leaves either the Christmas slot or the summer slot for another campaign setting because they don't tend to do more than two campaign settings in a year. Right. Which means but, Dragonlance could launch summer or or Christmas. But UA Gothic lineages. Afield. Yeah, we're way yeah. far afield though. <laughs> yeah, we are. Woo, we totally shifted. <laughs> we should do a Dragonlance episode though. We should do another one of these for Dragon for previewing the Dragonlance books and what we think Dragonlance is going to be. But yeah, yeah we can just geek out about about a new yeah. series from yeah. Weiss and Hickman. That, okay. that, yep. that would be it. that. That's our next side quest. Yep. Um, Anything else that you guys want to say about Candlekeep? Here's my final thought. I am extremely hopeful. I start from a spot of not liking prepackaged modules generally. However, I feel a lot more hopeful about this product than I have about previous prepackaged modules. The fact that it's 17 ones by, by 17 different teams or, or writers, content creators, uh, makes me hopeful that of the 17, there are going to be two or three I like. Uh, very similar to the CDs of old. If I, there were three songs on a CD I like, it was worth buying the buying the CD. That was You're my gonna buy a fifty dollar book and be happy if you only like two of the missions. Three. That was the thing. 
Yeah, we got 17 missions in there. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking I got to get to 10 if I'm. I get to I, I get to double digits. Yeah. So if I like something a lot, I'm going to overuse it, right? So if I'm using something in my campaigns consistently, I'm running two campaigns. Uh, we'll I do a, a whole bunch of one shots in the course of the year, and we're scheduling up to do a lot more. If there's stuff I like in this book, it's going to show up five, six, seven, or eight times a year. If that's okay. the case, I think I only need three of them to really draw from, and I would be perfectly fine with 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 a fifty dollar drop. I've spent fifty dollars for a lot less and been okay with it. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we would love to hear from everybody out there listening to this episode about what their thoughts are on the new Candlekeep book. What do you agree with? What do you disagree with? Why do you think that Lee is absolutely wrong for only wanting three missions out of a 17-mission book? Settle. You'll settle. Yeah, settle. settle. I will yeah. settle for yeah. three. What I want is at least 10. <laughs> I will settle for three to five. <laughs> Here's how you can go ahead and get in touch with us. The best way, as always, is to go directly to the website. You can catch us at www.ttjourneys.com. If you want to join the conversation with the rest of our community, the two best ways to do that are to catch us on Twitter. You can go to at ttjourneys. That's our Twitter handle. Or you can go to Facebook and just search for Tabletop Journeys. You can join the group that we have there. A lot of great folks with a lot of great conversation going on there. And if you want to just drop us an email, best address to do that is podcast at ttjourneys.com. Additionally, you can subscribe to our podcast, Tabletop Journeys, on Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible. We're also on Pandora and several others. Uh, be sure to leave us likes and comments. We welcome both. All right. As, all, as always, everybody, thank you so very much for listening. This has been Tabletop Journeys. And in the words of another traveler on our path, we bid you shade and sweet water.